Hey there, Calcio fans. Welcome to another edition of the Italian Football Daily Podcast. I'm your host for today's edition of the podcast. My name is Joe Siracco. You may know me from my Twitter handle, at Joe Antonio C. And I'm joined once again by uh, our senior editor of Italian Football Daily, Matt Santangelo. His Twitter is at Matt underscore Santangelo. Uh, a lot to talk about today on the podcast. Uh, big week in Serie A. Uh, some interesting results. Uh, Juventus and Napoli's Scudetto race is still going toe-to-toe. No one seems to be budging. And we'll talk about uh, a big loss for Inter Milan, uh, a big blow to their Champions League hopes. Lazio on the winning end again, and Roma picking up steam after a slow beginning to 2018. Matt, I'll toss it over to you. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. What's going on with you? Uh, not too much, just enjoying a long weekend up here in Canada, and for those in the U.S., uh, for some of you as well, enjoying a long weekend, hopefully full of calcio. Um, I know I've been getting a fair share, uh, haven't been keeping up as much as I'd wanted to, but I definitely caught up this weekend, and uh, what a weekend it was, really. really. Um, some good results, we had the Derby de la Mole uh, yesterday, a very early start on Sunday, uh, Inter uh, as well their poor run uh, from December is still uh, continuing much to the dismay of their fans and Milan after uh, an impressive run is uh, starting to build that chemistry and is winning and they're doing it consistently and they're, they're finding form and that's a good thing to see for our many Milan fans listening as well but also for the league diving into this past week's Fixtures will start in order. Matt, a 2-0 loss from Inter uh, to Genoa at the Marassi. Now, we know that they've been uh, struggling a little bit. Well, that's a, that's an understatement. They've been stri- struggling mightily since the end of November, beginning of December. Uh, and this to a, a Genoa side that is in the bottom half of the table, this one really stings. Kind of an odd own goal. Uh, Skriniar uh, deflects the ball off R- Ranocchia, who is helpless, uh, hits him off the leg, goes in, just pretty much sums up Inter's 2018 so far, Matt. Do you think that Spalletti is under the gun a little bit? I know some of the media in Italy is kind of speculating on whether or not he'll remain a coach. Uh, I I personally think his job is safe, but it's been a pretty, pretty poor run of form over the last 11 games. What do you make of this loss for Inter, and is there a way back for them uh, heading into the last stretch of the season? I, I think for Inter, if we're going to talk about Spalletti's job, I, I feel like it's, you know, it, listen, they're still, uh, yes, they've just been overthrown for the t- uh, fourth place by Lazio. Obviously, Lazio won today 2-0 over Elas Verona, the last game of match day 25. So I, I could see where the concern is, and I could see why the media is now all of a sudden uh, jumping down Spalletti in terms of, you know, should he be? Is he going to remain as the manager? I feel the criticism is definitely warranted. I feel they've been a little bit unlucky or unfortunate, rather, to have uh, Icardi on the on the sidelines for the past couple weeks. And this weekend, if we're going to talk about this match, I mean, Icardi and Perisic are two. They're probably their best players, with the exception, of course, of you know, in the in the back having Handanovic excluding Yar because they two have been valuable as well. But 25 or 26 goals between Icardi and Pedersic, that that's more than half of Inter's total goal tally this season. So anytime you take them two out of the equation, 
you really don't feel all that confident about your chances on that given day. When we throw into the fact that traveling to the Luigi Ferraris is never so easy, whether it be against Samp or whether it be against Genoa, it's a tricky fixture, a tricky venue to travel to. You kind of felt, kind of got the sense that Inter were really going to be in for a tough day, and sure enough, a 2-0 defeat. That's exactly what they were in for. A very difficult um, evening for Inter as they just continue to slip down the table, and they really do need a victory in the worst way possible. With that, maybe they start to turn around when they get guys healthy. Maybe Icardi coming back. I would assume he's probably going to be back in his starting role. But in any case, you really, as if you're an Inter fan, you really got to hope that. If we can get Icardi back, we can get Perisic back, we can still make this thing happen for, for a top four finish. But there is plenty of concern because they can see, you know, Milan creeping up behind them. I think they're only seven or eight points back. And you, you get the sense that they're letting everything slip away from them. At one point, they were in first place. They were still they were in third, which is still a very good finish for them if the season ended today. And now all of a sudden, they're in fifth. Now it's still very much within reach for them to get, obviously, a top-four finish. And if that's where they wind up finishing at the end of the season, all will be forgotten. That was the ultimate goal entering the 2017-18 season. But there's definitely concern amongst Inter fans. And, you know, if you're a fan of their club, you hope that things are going to turn around soon and that you hope that this rough patch was the the rough patch of the season and the second half is not going to be all so bad for them. Yeah, definitely those injuries have really hurt them a lot. Uh, Perisic and Icardi out. Um, really, the bulk of their goals, uh, it's no secret, go through them. They run the show up front, and having them gone is a huge blow to them. Uh, and coupling their, their poor run of form, their injury trouble, uh, we, see, we saw a few... A few of their weaknesses pop up, that being the uh, lack of depth that they had, uh, not making too many purchases uh, in the summer. Uh, they did you know, acquire Rafinha in January, which helps a lot. I think he's been their best player in the new year. They're definitely uh, lacking that, that extra uh, man to help them make the difference. Uh, and and to not to mention trade uh, transfer rumors between uh, Skriniar going to Real Madrid and Icardi's rumored move to Real Madrid or Manchester United as well doesn't help either. And I think this, like you said, this is a rough patch. All teams went through it. Milan went through an extended one, but now they've turned it around, and I'll get to them in just a minute. But uh, for Inter fans, they have to hope that this is just a temporary fix, and there's still there's about 13 games left, 12-13 match days left. Inter doesn't have the Coppa Italia, remember, they have time on their side. They can wait for their guys to get healed up and kind of ride through this rough patch and then hope for a late run in March and April to finish that top four seed, which they desperately need, I think, for their, their club as an organization and for their fans and also for the reputation of the league. They need to make the Champions League this this coming season in 2018-19. They need desperately to make it. It's something that Italian culture needs. It's something that they, that the club needs. It's something that their fans need. So, I think they should just recoup, um, take a breather, kind of uh, drown out all the media speculation and and the fans who are, who are restless and and understandably so. But they just have to weather the storm and, and get through it. Uh, their cousins, uh, Milan, went through something similar for a while earlier in the season, but now they picked up some some big form. A very good run of form. They haven't lost in over a month. 
they've been playing well in Europe. They've been playing well in the Serie A, getting those tough wins. Gattuso's really gotten their, the lads to really play to their potential. Bonucci has been more solid. Chalanaglu has been great. Suzo has been, I think, one of their better players. He's, he's the most consistent player as well. And we saw Jack Beneventura getting another goal. He's been influential for them, getting starting minutes as well. Lucas Bilia has settled down as well. He looked a bit shaky earlier in the season. Frank Kessie has been a beast in the midfield as well. And Romagnoli is slowly but surely emerging into that kind of talent that we've been wanting to see. And of course, Donnarumma has uh, has been solid. He had a few shaky goals he let in earlier in the season, but I think he's he's playing with confidence now. The whole team in general, I think, at Milan are playing with confidence, and that's the most important thing for them. Something that they were timid earlier on, and they seem to have found a more tougher character uh, with Gattuso, which was one of the reasons why they brought him in. In my opinion, was that character that which we all know watching him play after for so many years. He's a guy who puts his heart on his sleeve, and he's really transferred that kind of emotion and that kind of attitude to his players, and they're really buying into his system and his type, his coaching style. And it looks like it's it's brighter days for for Milan fans. Uh, Matt, you're a Milanista, and you write for for several websites uh, for Milan. Why do you think that they've been doing so well, and what can they achieve? I mean, they're seven points back from Inter for fourth. Do you think they might uh, catch them? I mean, the way Inter is playing is very well possible, but also in the they're playing so well in Europe, they may not even need to catch that fourth place. They might just win the whole Europa League tournament. Uh, what do you think? How far can this Milan team go? Well, I think you know with the with the current run they're on right now, which is ten matches unbeaten in all competitions, haven't conceded only three goals. It's they're they're doing it on both ends, so they're scoring a goal enough goals to win games and, and win some of them in, in commanding fashion, but they're also being uh, showing to be a steady team in the back, which has been another concern of them early on in the season with Bonucci, as you just mentioned, you know, struggling to kind of make that transition into a captain's role at Milan versus what the role he played with Juve over this past several years. Now you're really starting to see the entire team play together, really build such a great chemistry that we were hoping to see early on under Montella. Of course, with the victory on the weekend over Sampdoria 1-0, which could have been probably 3-0, if you ask most Milan fans, they probably would agree with me on that. You know, Rodriguez missed the penalty, but even after that, Cotuso, you can see that, you know, he tried to do everything he could to kind of get him to shake that off. He kind of put his had that arm around that arm around the neck, arm around the shoulder moment for him like a father. And you know, Rodriguez kind of rebounded and he did a decent job, all things considered. So it, it's just a testament to you know the the job that Gattuso has done over the past couple months with this squad. You know, I, I feel that, you know, listen, he's exceeded my expectations. I felt that he would have done a pretty good job. I didn't think he would be going on this great form. I'll be straight with you. I don't think many expected him to be to to provide this much of an impact and have this much of a impact on on several players, as you just mentioned earlier, with Chalhanaglu, Bonaventura, Cutrone, Bonucci. All these players seem to gravitate towards his personality, and you can really see that the character Gattuso's played uh, had it during his playing career. It's really transmitted on the bench towards down down towards his his, his players. And I feel that's where you're really starting to see the difference between Montella's Milan and Gattuso's Milan. Where they're playing with an identity. They're going after games. They're attacking with vengeance. I read a stat today earlier with um, 
Opta Paolo, you know, they, they've been getting pretty much 18 shots on net over the past several weeks. And I think it's there. It's been one of the highest records in Europe uh, amongst the top five leagues. I don't know exactly what the stat is, but you get an idea that this team really can do great things if they just continue to believe in Gattuso and everything he's been able to uh, transmit to this team on the training ground, in the locker room. It feels that everyone's gravitating towards him. And you really got that sense in the post-match yesterday with quotes from Bonucci, quotes from Bonaventura. They really do believe and they really do think that they can qualify for the Champions League. And they feel that Gattuso has been the difference in that. They feel a more unified group. They feel that they have this self-belief. They feel they're good enough to qualify for a top four. And I feel if the stars align, again, this is a difficult stretch coming up for them. They got Roma this weekend. They have this, uh, Lazio and the Coppa Tally coming up shortly. Inter as well, another derby. So they have some difficult fixtures coming up. And they feel if they can weather the storm and they can get a good bunch of points out of these games when they have a lighter schedule in this, the later part of the season, you feel that they're in good position to really continue to climb the table and possibly get that dream top four finish that they were looking for early on in the season, which, quite frankly, I'll be honest with you, didn't think it was possible once Montella was sacked in, in, uh, in November, December. I just felt that the hole was way too big. I think it was 16 points back. And the way that Inter, Roma, Lazio, Napoli, and Juve were going, no team was giving any points away. But now that seems to have changed a little bit. And there is a little bit of a window for Milan to exploit. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can kind of continue this pace. Again, a tough me a weekend match against Roma at the Olimpico will be another difficult test for them. But if it's any, if what we've seen from this Milan team over the past month and a half, two months, has been any indication of what type of Milan we we expect to take the pitch, it should be a fascinating game for Milan and one that they probably will want to win for sure. I don't think they're going to be content on a point. Definitely, and uh, Patrick Utrone is a name to keep uh, an eye out, keep an ear out for. Um, one of the top prospects in Europe. And uh, really exciting things for, for those who are fans of the Azzurri as well as a potential candidate um, to be in that quad for the friendlies in March. But the way he's progressing, if he can keep going, there could be exciting times ahead for, uh, for Italy, uh, for Milan as well, but also for Italy's national team. Uh, let's move on to the Scudetto race between Napoli and Juve, the most heated and uh, intense, closest as well title race in Europe. The rest of the league, like you know, let's be honest, they're they're pretty much set. Barcelona and Spain, Bayern and their one league, uh, one team league is is done. Premier League, Man City's pretty much got it wrapped up. But in Serie, we have two teams in Juventus, the defending six-time champions, and Napoli, the contenders, both on pace for 100 points in the season. That would be unbelievable if both teams could match each other blow for blow as they've been doing week in and week out amazingly they could both hit 100 points which has never happened in european history which would be something to see i'll start with juve who played the early game on sunday uh in the derby della mole torino e bianchenero torino's black and white is the translation juventus have owned this derby for the last few years and hasn't even really been close once again beating their rivals the granata in torino a tougher game than usual, a 1-0 win uh, over their, their, their arch-rivals. Uh, a tough game for Juve's forwards. Juventus already had injury troubles with Matuidi. Uh, Dybala just came back. He played some time in the second half in this match. His first game back in three and a half weeks. 
But unfortunately, Juventus lost both Bernardeschi and Higuain. Higuain on his ankle, where he collided with Sirigu, the goalkeeper, and Bernardeschi had a knock, a knee-on-knee. Both are being assessed right now this week. We don't know the extent of their injuries, but this could be uh, a big blow to Juve's hopes in Europe, and as well as in the Scudetto race. But in Europe especially, both Bernardeschi and Higuain could be out for the game against Tottenham and could be out this weekend, uh, most likely will be out this weekend for their game against Atalanta, which would be a huge blow. Higuain's having a great season. He's, since the beginning of 2018, one of the most prolific strikers in Italy, and having him gone is a big blow, especially since uh, it has to force a bit of a shuffle for Max Allegri, who likes to play the only out-and-out striker on the wing in, in Mario Mandzukic. So that could be an interesting uh, formational issue for Juve. They play Atalanta this weekend, and they don't have to play the Champions League until March 7th. Uh, so they do have a bit of time. Dybala's back. Thankfully, um, they need him to really step up. He's got to be their their true number 10. He's got the number 10 on his back, but he's really got to play big for them now, especially with their injury trouble already having Cuadrado out. Uh, Matuidi should be back in a week or two, but he still probably won't be 100%. And uh, it looks like these Juve players are dropping like flies. Um, and on the other hand, for Napoli, uh, dropping uh, that Europa League game against Leipzig, like w- we all know that they don't really care for that. For the Europa League, they just want the Scudetto, which I'm disappointed in just how poorly they played. But uh, they eked out another 1-0 win against Spal and are still one point ahead of Juve. Matt, how do you think? What do you think of Juve's injury troubles, and can Napoli and Juve really keep this this head-to-head up for the whole season? Because something I think has to give eventually. One of these two teams has to has to stumble. Uh, you would think. Yeah, I think starting with Juve, I, I feel they right now that look they're in a little bit of a difficult spot, as you just mentioned with Iguain and Bernardeschi, two players who have been so impactful down this past this, during this really this big stretch from Juve. Um, you know, with, with them creeping up on Napoli, of course. Bernardeschi, we saw what he's capable of recently. He's able to create, th- make things happen on that right side, score goals, provide assists, and really ultimately be everything that Juve purchased from Fiorentina last summer. Obviously, everyone knows what Higuain's capable of bringing. Goals, clinical goals, and, and really doing it with consistency. Now, of course, despite maybe he had missed a couple opportunities against Tottenham, that could have maybe perhaps cost them a chance in the uh, in the final eight. You 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 wonder is this the opportunity now for Dybala? We we know Dybala's a star. We know he's one of Serie A's top players. We know he's destined for great things. But you feel that with the injuries going on with Juve, can Dybala really just fully embrace that number ten shirt now that he's back from injury? Start scoring goals with regularity. Be that spark plug that they need going forward and be that creative presence as well. This is where the spotlight turns to Dybala, the crown jewel of Juve. So I feel that this is where Max Allegri is going to have to tinker. He's going to have to maybe change some things around, maybe a formational change. In the, even in the midfield, there are some question marks with um, you know, Kadira. What's his role? He has been pretty poor over the past several weeks. Maybe they bring in Marquisio, or you know, they kind of have a, a tactical switch there to kind of make sure that they are well-stocked and they do have something... Uh, strong to kind of manage the midfield with Matuidi, Pjanic, and whoever else they decide to p- deploy there. I feel that with for Juve, I, I feel that they're going to, look, Max Allegri 
for those who haven't seen the uh, the the Netflix special, as a Milan fan, I thought it was very fantastic, and I feel like it was kind of everything we really have expected from Allegri and his Juve- Juventus side since he took over. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to get his team prepared. He knows how to overcome obstacles like the injuries he's facing right now. And I feel the the, the philosophy he tends to always lean on is the two the two seasons in one uh, mentality, where Juve always seemed to turn it turn it on in the second half and really ultimately come out as champions. Now this is obviously, as you just mentioned with Napoli, is a little bit of a different story or a little bit more of a, a more difficult path to number seven for Juve in a row, because Napoli's playing so well and Napoli isn't really conceding anything at the moment. They're finding ways to win games where they maybe are not playing to their best ability. This is one of those instances this weekend where they got a 1-0 win over Spal. You feel a team like Napoli and the, the caliber of attacking talent they have, they feel that they should probably be able to handle Spal with more ease than what we've shown on the that what do we see on the scoreboard? However, Napoli, when you can win games in this fashion, when you maybe are not at the level you want, it, it speaks volumes to the type of team that Napoli. They're on they're on a journey. They're on. They have. They're they're motivated. They're doing something special. And I feel again to your point. Something you feel has got to give. Some team has got to drop points, maybe a draw, maybe a loss. And you know, if we're looking where that can possibly switch, where that kind of momentum can switch in the in, in the Scudetto race, we look towards this weekend where Juve are hosting Atalanta. Atalanta, of course, are a very tricky team to deal with, despite Juve being at home, which is more or less a fortress for them over the past several years. A team like Atalanta, you can't take lightly, and you feel that. If Atalanta can maybe eke out a draw, or maybe they can play spoiler, you never know, then this could be Napoli's chance to capitalize and to maybe kind of get some breathing room in, at the top of the table there because they got Cagliari on the road. So it's going to be interesting. I feel like this this Scudetto race, what makes it so fascinating is that all it can take is that one slip up by a team down the stretch for you know a team like Juve to kind of surpass them and to really just not give up that lead if they were to able to get it. Or a team like Napoli, where if they were given just a little bit more room, maybe they'd run away with it because they feel like they kind of have it more or less secured. So this is this is such such a fascinating title race, and I really, as a, even as a Milan fan on the outside looking in at this title race, I, I feel that this is something that's it's going to go down to the wire. The last game or two, I think that's where we'll really start to see, you know, who is the true champion of Italy this year. Yeah, and I think that um, even with with a stumble, let's say. Uh, Juventus draw this weekend uh, and Napoli win. I think that at, at some point Napoli will stumble and Juve will climb back in. I think it'll go back and forth. I really do think it'll come down to the last day. Uh, I, I think it's going to come down to that stretch in April, that really brutal stretch for Juventus. Um, and I wrote about this in an article on on our site at Italian Football Daily when they have Inter, Napoli, Roma, two legs of a Champions League plus the Coppa Italia final. And of course, if they made that final, and of course, if they made the Champions League semifinal, which uh, if you're a fan of Italian football, you'd hope that they would, but that would be an, an absolutely brutal stretch. I don't think anyone could really survive that, but it remains to be seen. Again, that's that's later in April. That's a month and a half from now, so we don't, we won't really know what what that's going to look like. Who knows? One of the either of the teams could have run away from it by then, but I I certainly don't think so. I think. I would like to see it, win or lose, I, even though I'm a Juventus fan, win or lose the title, I want it decided on the last day. We, we, we haven't had that in uh, since the 2011-12 season when Juve started their dynasty. 
and we haven't had this close of a race and also for by then the other european leagues like i mentioned earlier will have wrapped up by uh, by by a, for a, by a while so that that would really be the only re- only real thing for for neutrals for other fans of of the game of the global game uh, would finally hone in on on Serie a, uh, should they go blow by blow continuing if they keep matching themselves and if they keep getting if they if they're both at 90 something points that would be that's we're looking at a historical season. If you're looking at the next two match days, again we have, we have just touched upon it. Juventus Atalanta this weekend, Cagliari host Napoli. But that following weekend on match day 27, forget this. Look at look at look at the situation here. Lazio hosts hosts Juve Saturday March 3rd. Later that day, Napoli hosts Roma. So. There's again, there's another instance where, you know, a team like Lazio who have beaten Juventus this year in the Coppa Italia and they actually beat them in the league at home, Lazio all of a sudden they're starting to kind of pick it up. They got Immobile back. They had Luis Alberto, obviously, you know what he's capable of. This is where you can see it. Napoli Roma is a tricky match. Lazio Juventus is a tricky match. So again, that's another one of those match days where this can really be one of those things where it can really switch it can really go either way and and that can ultimately wind up deciding whether or not you know Napoli's champions or Juventus continues to uh dominate Italy for the seventh time so again just to kind of give our our listeners an idea of what the next few weeks have in store for that Scudetto race it's it's heating up and got some big fixtures coming up that can really play a role in who is at the podium come May yeah, that's that's going to be a huge weekend as well, and we'll preview that probably in a future podcast because that's also the derby weekend between the two Milan teams. But what what a match day that is! And the and the the thing that excites me the most about this season is the level of play. Uh, the teams have really risen. Their level of competitiveness has risen a lot this season. Everyone has raised their game and have been playing better than they have in years. So that's what really excites me and worries me at the same time, being a Juventus fan. And you mentioned Lazio and Roma, uh, tricky opponents for Napoli and Juve that weekend on Saturday, uh, March 3rd, Match Day 27. Uh, let's talk about the two Roma teams now because now they're both in the top four. Uh, Roma, after having a dismal December and January, they picked it up the last few weeks winning. Uh, after the transfer rumors were over and done with, Dzeko was staying. And the emergence of their young Turkish winger, uh, Senid's uh, Under, who they acquired uh, last year uh, from Turkey, uh, didn't play much at all. Uh, Eusebio De Francesco finally puts this guy in, and he reminds me a lot of uh, Mohamed Salah. Last year, he can run, he can dribble, he can score with, uh, with both feet. Uh, he's having a, a heck of a couple weeks. And uh, this could be the spark that Roma needs, uh, not only for their fixture in the Champions League against Shakhtar Donetsk, but also for their hopes and aspirations to be in that fourth place. And of course, Lazio finally winning after losing three in a row. 2-0 convincing win today against Verona. Immobile back on the score sheet. He's uh, capo cannoniere with 22 goals. So um, again, Lazio, uh, they did lose in the Europa League, but... Uh, they're still they're getting back to uh, to a rhythm uh, with their side. It's, it could be interesting. We could see both Roma teams in the Champions League uh, for the first time in a long, long time. What do you make of Roma's resurgence, and can Lazio keep up their pace 
in your opinion, uh, to maintain that top four with Inter breathing down their necks? Starting with Roma, I feel that obviously it goes without saying they've been on a difficult downward trajectory over the past month, month and a half under Eusebio Di Francesco, who, who started off quite well. Again, we, we know what they did in the Champions League, topping a group with Chelsea and Atletico Madrid. So they were they were riding high for for quite some time, and then all of a sudden things started to, the wheels started to fall off, and some of their top players went to goal droughts. Again, Dzeko was having difficulty getting the proper service to replicate that Capocanieri form from last year. And you get you got this sense that Roma were kind of at free-falling. They really didn't do much during the window, if anything at all, to really impact that run and to kind of make that leap above some of those teams that they're battling with. You know, if we're, we're looking at what their situation is right now moving forward, they're still right there. They're still right there for, for the Champions League, again, right there. They're third on 50 points. But in a matter of one weekend, things could change. They can find themselves on the way out. Again, between Roma, Lazio, and Inter, they're all separated by only two points. So a team like Inter with a win, a much-needed win for them in that, in that case, would see them jump up to maybe fourth or third if those other teams above them drop points. So that 3-4-5 is going to be really interesting to kind of keep an eye on over the next several weeks and really down the stretch. For Roma, they've been riding the hot form of Cengiz under the Turkish international, a little bit of look like a Turkish Dabala type player. Um, very skilled, got a great left foot. He scored a fantastic goal this weekend. Is really kind of carrying this snap, uh, this Roma team, and they kind of gravitated towards him. They're kind of riding him these past several weeks to good victories and much needed victories at that. So you feel that if 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 you have a guy like him, kind of giving this spark to this team. And if players like Jekko can really just get back on track and be their, their normal self, you got to like your chance of for Roma to, to kind of get one of those four spots. Obviously, it would have to be probably 3-4, as the gap between them and Napoli and, Napoli and Juve is just is too big at this point. So if you're a Roma fan, I feel like, look, it's you, you, right now, you kind of just got to weather the storm. You got to just try to pick up points, scratch and claw, wherever you can to kind of stay in the thick of things, because you know that... Those teams around you are not going to be perfect. And you know that ultimately, right now, if you're looking at the table, you kind of control your own destiny. If you take care of your own business and you come up to play your games and you do what you got to do, you don't have to worry about everyone else. Yes, you would love for those teams to drop points and kind of, kind of back off a bit. But you got to look at each match with saying that, hey, this is what we got to do on this match day. We can't worry about who's around us. We can't worry about losing the spot. Let's go out there and get the result. Now, if we're looking at their, their, their city rivals in Lazio... They've kind of been a little bit of a difficult spot recently as well. Maybe not as bad as Roma's been. They tied Milan in the first leg of the semifinal of the Coppa Italia, but they lost to them in the league. And then all of a sudden, they started to slip a little bit further down. And you got this sense, you, got, you, you have kind of had this sense that maybe they're going to finish fifth or sixth. And, you know, in, in a matter of weeks, things can change in this area table. As we're clearly seeing now, you know, Teams are kind of sliding around the table and, you know, a team like Samp can kind of creep into that conversation with a couple wins and if Inter decides to kind of just not get out of the poor form they're in. So, look, Napoli, Juve, they're the two teams at the top. That goes without saying. However, would I be surprised to see Roma, Lazio as 3-4? I absolutely wouldn't. I feel that they, they, they do have the ability to kind of go on a, a quite a bit of form if those if those star players can kind of just get back into being their normal self. But it wouldn't surprise me either way if a team like Inter or Milan or Samp overthrows them because stranger things have happened. 
and Roma and Lazio have proven that they can be vulnerable at times and lose a game, a couple games here and there. And sometimes, again, that we just touched upon earlier with Napoli-Juve, that's all it really takes is a couple difficult weeks, and all of a sudden you find yourself on the outside looking in. So it's going to be interesting to watch, and I think that's what's kind of making the Serie A chase this year so fascinating, is that there's so many different teams kind of creeping in and out of the race on a weekly basis, is what it feels like. But when you look at the table, you feel that the teams are where they should be, right? I mean, when you, if you would agree with me on that, we enter the season with everyone saying Napoli, Juve, Roma, Lazio, Inter, and Milan are really the top five teams that we should be focusing on, top six teams that are going to be battling for the four spots. So it, slowly but surely, maybe we didn't expect it, but the kind of to the table shaping up the way we most thought it would. And, I, you know, with, with getting that just to kind of conclude with Roma, Lazio, both can qualify for the Champions League. I wouldn't shock me either way, but I feel that if if one if I feel that one of them is going to slip out of the table, and it's really just going to depend on who can kind of get things settled with and kind of just keep that going until the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, if both were to make it, uh, they would be fully deserved uh, on both teams. But a lot has to be written. Uh, there's still a lot of of uh, football to be played. So it remains to be seen which one uh, will keep in, depending on how far Roma go. It seems like any week, any given week, uh, something can happen in the Serie A. Quickly, uh, to wrap it up, I want to look ahead a little bit at some of the fixtures for this coming weekend, uh, Sunday. One match that sticks out to me, obviously, is Roma-Milan. That's a big test for Milan, but also a big test for Roma, uh, who are finding their form again, and Milan is on a hot streak. So we'll see just how uh, it's a good measuring stick for both teams. Uh, Milan will be uh, coming off that game uh, in the Europa League, but Roma will also have played against Shakhtar. So both teams may not be 100%, but should make for an interesting match. Juventus-Atalanta is another one I'm looking at. Uh, Juve facing an Atalanta team who will be playing Borussia Dortmund in the in the Europa League. I think they're actually going to go for that game uh, in, uh, in well, they're in Reggio Emilia because they're not playing in Bergamo. So I don't expect Atalanta to feel the full squad against Juventus. Juve, despite their injuries, should win. But this could be a trap game where they could tie and drop some points. So they've really got to keep their eye on, be careful, and wrap it up a little bit. Uh, Cagliari-Napoli, another match on the Monday. Napoli facing Cagliari. They seem to handle these small teams pretty relatively easy. So I think they should be good to go. But we'll see about Juve and Atalanta and uh, Roma-Milan as well. Lazio facing Sassuolo should be a win for Lazio and uh, we'll see if Inter can sneak into that uh, to those spots. The one team obviously aside from the matchups you just mentioned, Roma-Milan, Juventus-Atalanta and Cagliari-Napoli I think one to definitely keep an eye on and I feel that's going to kind of go on for the next several weeks is Inter and and how they kind of fare week to week. Again, we really got to see what the status is of Perisic and Icardi as those two guys are going to be pivotal for them down the stretch, but they are at home against Benevento, and if this is not the mat- if this is not the round for them to break out of their funk and maybe throw in three, four goals against last place Benevento at home, then you got the sense that maybe they'll never break out of their funk because this is where Inter fans have to kind of see. Okay, this is where we turn things around. This is where we get out of our slump and we start to get back into uh, the swing of things. So. Inter Benevento is one to keep an eye on for this weekend. Yeah, I mean, they've got to win that. If they don't, then uh, then I'd be really worried. 
Um, So that wraps it up for today's edition of the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow all our daily updates uh, on the world of soccer in Italy uh, and the world of calcio at at ItalianFD on Twitter, ItalianFootballDaily.com. And you can follow us on Twitter for Matt Santangelo at Matt underscore Santangelo and for myself, Joe Sirocco at Joe Antonio C. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you again soon. Ciao.